0: You're listening to a message from Oaks Church, Brooklyn. Our longing is to see heaven come to earth in our city. For more information on our church and community, please visit oaksbk.church.
1: Let's read today's teaching text. as comes from us in Ephesians 6. Uh, verses 11 through 17, which is put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground
0: Hi friends, good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, what Patrick was gracious not to mention is this is my first uh, live in-person sermon. Um, and incidentally, it's also the first sermon that I've preached wearing shoes. I'm normally barefoot behind the camera when, I, when I've recorded sermons before for, for Trinity Grace Park Slope. Um, yeah, I bring you greetings from TGC Park Slope. Did anyone grow up in, in like a Pentecostal Southern type of background? Anyone? <laughs> There's, you know, there are certain things that you do when you stand up and, and some of that, that rises up in me whenever I'm in front of a podium. Uh, the first thing you do is bring greetings, so I've done that. The second thing that you do is you give honor to God um, as a head of your life and I do give honor to him. Um, as the only reason that I 'm standing here right now, and i 'd also like to give honor to the shepherd of this house, Patrick Boatwright. <laughs> yeah, we can yeah we can be excited about that. Uh, I'm excited for him. Uh, and he invited me here today, so everything that is about to happen is 100 percent on him. <laughs> he 's fully responsible for everything. Um, <clears throat> I'm a lawyer. I don't actually normally tell people that, but Patrick mentioned that he was going to say that in his introduction of me, which is totally fine. Um, but the story that I'm about to tell is related to law school, so um, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's out of the bag. Um, in law school, you take a course called Contracts, and that's exactly what it sounds like. You talk about uh, contracts between people. Um, And there's a concept known as consideration. It's a little bit slippery as a concept. It kind of takes the shape of of whatever uh, container it's in. It's, It's like water in that sense. And so one night I was studying with a couple of my friends and we had been going for three hours, maybe four hours. And at one point toward the end of that time, one of us just goes, it could have been me, Um, what is consideration? And it was a very disappointing question to be asking after three or four hours of studying. Um, And I had a similar feeling when I was approaching uh, this concept of feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Uh, It felt like a little bit of a daunting task to try to um, define what is the gospel. There are people... Uh, who are more studious, smarter than me, that have looked at this concept. And it's it's kind of hard to say specifically what it is. And so instead, I decided to think about what the gospel means to me. And a while back, I was watching a grainy YouTube video of John Piper, and he said something about the gospel that really resonated with me. He said the gospel is a plan. And I liked the sound of that because when things in the world feel chaotic and out of control, it is helpful to remember that God has a plan and that he is working that plan throughout all of time for our good and for his glory. Um, And so... It's a rescue plan, right? It is, it is God saying, these are my people. I am going down there to get them and I'm going to bring them home. And so that specific um, definition of the gospel has always really resonated with me. Um, and so what I think Paul is saying when, with the term gospel of peace is that's his encap- encapsulation of what that rescue plan is um, it, and what that rescue plan was intended Uh, to accomplish. Um, And so let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at the gospel of peace. I want to start at the very beginning, um, Genesis 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Um, So that that formless void that's described there, that is a Hebrew word tohu vohu, and it means formless and empty, but it also has a connotation of chaos. So it wasn't still and black, um, it wasn't a silent night, it was wild, there was wildness, there was chaos. Um, And so in the beginning we have this chaos and we have the spirit hovering over the waters And Jesus was there too, right? We know that because in the Gospel of John, uh, John mirrors the language in Genesis in saying in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So we see that in the beginning, Father, Son, Holy Spirit were all there and we know that um, everything was made through Jesus, right? The scripture tells us that in Colossians. And so They were all there, and God speaks, and the chaos becomes an ordered universe. You have Son and Holy Spirit working to accomplish um, peace to the chaos of of the beginning. Um, And in the next six days, we see God create the waters above and the waters beneath. He creates the dry land, He fills each of those with plant life and wildlife, and then they make humankind, man and woman, he created them, he put them in the garden. Um, And he tells them that they have authority over the rest of creation, he tells them that they are to work the garden and to keep the garden, and everything was in right relationship. So human beings had the right relationship with God, it was a peaceful time. They were taking walks in the, in the cool of the day. We had right relationship with each other, right? Adam was very happy when Eve showed up on the scene. He sang her a love song, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Um, we had the right relationship with ourselves. We were naked and we were not ashamed of our nakedness. We were able to stand before our creator without any shame. Um, and we had the right a relationship with the world around us. Um, we, were keeping for, we were keeping the garden. We were taking care of the garden because that was the job that God gave us to do. And pretty quickly, that all goes south. Um, an agent of chaos, uh, an emissary of the kingdom of darkness, the serpent, deceives the humans into disobeying God. They eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And once again, the world is tumbled into chaos. Cain kills Abel. Um, There are years and years of war and bloodshed. And then Jesus shows up. And through his suffering, death, and resurrection, he repairs the the severed relationship that humanity had with the creator, God. He freed us from the law of sin and death. Uh, satisfying the wrath of God, and he triumphed over the kingdom of darkness, um, inviting us into an eternal relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the Gospel of John, there's a scene that reminds me a little bit of what we see in Genesis. It is, again, chaotic, right? So Jesus has died. His disciples don't yet know that he's actually going to to be risen from the grave. um, And they are hiding, They are in fear, Um, all of the plans they had, the coming Messiah, the anointed one who was going to fulfill all of the prophecies of history and it feels like that is gone. It feels like the kingdom of darkness has triumphed and so they are hiding because they don't know if they're gonna follow Jesus to the grave. Um, And Jesus steps into that, the, the chaos that would have been in their hearts and in their minds and he says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Um, And so what Paul is saying is that the the gospel of peace, the goal and, and aim and accomplishment of God's rescue plan was peace. In the beginning, there was chaos and God spoke peace. And then we lost that peace, and chaos ensued again. And Jesus stepped into that chaos, and he spoke peace. And all of this was accomplished through the work of the Holy Spirit, which is now working its peace within us. And we are being sent into the world with that peace. In Corinthians, it says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So what does the gospel of peace mean for us as as believers in and followers of Christ? it means, first of all, that we are at peace with our creator. The price was paid for our rebellion against the father and He and we are restored to right relationship with him and he is working his plan of salvation to bring us home. We have peace within ourselves. We are unburdened by sin and shame. We know who we are, we know whose we are. We are sons and daughters of the most high God, made in his likeness and image, and therefore we have inherent worth and value. We are at peace with each other. This is what Paul is talking about, that the war is not with our brothers and sisters. It is a spiritual battle to combat the kingdom of darkness. We are not each other's enemies. We belong to each other. And we are at peace with creation. There's a lot to say about this, but... At the very least, it means that we are stewarding our resources for the good of the world. We are charged to keep and to care for the world the same way as we did in the garden. So Paul is saying the war between creator and creation is over. The war between us as human beings is over. Peace was brokered by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And as promised, our savior crushed the head of the serpent and secured our salvation and victory. And we are empowered through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to bend that peace toward others. Um, In the spiritual battle against the forces of evil, we carry this truth um, that we are no longer at war and we need to take it everywhere we go and wear it like shoes on our feet. One of my favorite pieces of imagery comes from the book of Isaiah Uh, in chapter two. It says, he will judge the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Um, And of course, he's talking about Jesus here. He's talking about the coming Messiah. He is talking about the transformation brought about by the gospel of peace that we go from being people of war to people of peace. And we are literally taking our weapons of war and we are transforming them into gardening tools. We are supposed to be preparing the soil for planting and harvest, watering it with our living water and so that when the seeds of the gospel fall that they will find fertile ground. Um, And so what does that, what does the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace look like? Uh, There's a a scene in in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are are in Greece, they're traveling around, they are preaching the gospel, they are minding their own business, but they get to this one city and there is an agent of chaos there. There is a woman who is possessed by a demon of fortune-telling, She's following them around, and she is, is saying what's true, that they are servants of the Most High God, and they are telling people how they can be saved. Um, and Paul gets annoyed with her, and he casts the demon out, um, and then they get into trouble because this woman's uh, masters were upset because they could no longer make money from her fortune-telling. Uh, so they grab Paul and Silas, They beat them mercilessly. They call the authorities and uh, they're thrown into jail. And then this happens. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all others in his house. At this hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Um So Paul and Silas have just had the stuffing beaten out of them. And I don't know for sure that they were unbothered, but they were at least unbothered enough that they continued to worship and they continued to pray. And the power of their worship and their prayer uh, called down the resources of heaven to free them. But they didn't even leave until they spread the gospel to their jailer that is readiness. Um, COVID was, is, uh, has been a particularly difficult time for me living as a single woman um, with no roommates. And I was, uh, I was afraid. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I didn't know if I would get sick I didn't know if I would die. I didn't know if I would receive adequate medical care if I went to a hospital. Uh, And there was one point where I was literally lying on my couch, huddled in the fetal position, and I was crying. And a voice said, read Psalm 91. And I was annoyed because I was like, I'm really having a moment here I don't really wanna read my Bible right now, Um, but the voice was insistent, and so I read Psalm 91, and I read about a God who is my refuge and my fortress and how he will cover me with his feathers and under his wings, that I need not fear pestilence, that I would call on him and that he would answer. Now, I'm not going to say that I sailed through the rest of that time alone in my house, like everything was fine. Um, There were many days that I had to worship and to pray just to get through the day, Um, but I never returned to that place of despair. Um, God had given me his peace. And... Over the course of the next few months, I had some interesting encounters that have never happened before. Uh, I have a dear friend who's not a believer. um, And she called me one night and she was upset. She wasn't sure what was gonna happen with her marriage. She was working a job that was literally killing her. And she was dealing with the fear from from being a high-risk person Uh, for getting sick and for the first time in over 10 years of knowing this this person, this dear friend, I asked to pray for her and we prayed over the phone um, and she was very grateful and appreciative of that that time that we spent together. I also had um, a conversation with a client, we were talking about her case and She, and I asked her how she was, because that's what you do, and she works at a nursing home, and she began to talk to me about what the past days and weeks had looked like for her. She had watched patient after patient after patient die, and they died alone, and she was the only one there to be with them, and her employer was not providing her uh, with sufficient protective gear, and she was Wrecked, And so for the first time in over 10 years of being a practicing lawyer, I said to my client, can I pray for you? Um, And the interesting thing, the thing about these conversations was that I had nothing to offer. And any other time in my life, the source of my peace and my mission to share it with others was so clear. In Corinthians, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So God met me in worship and prayer in the midst of my own suffering, just as he did with Paul and Silas, and I was ready when the time came with the gospel of peace to comfort those who needed comfort with the comfort that I had been given. So friends, we have to be ready, ready to walk into the middle of chaos and suffering and brokenness and say, Peace be with you. When the kingdom of darkness comes to steal, kill, and destroy, we remember the character of God and his rescue plan, and we speak peace. And we are only able to do that through the spirit of peace that's dwelling within us, that reminds us that God has a plan and he has designed us to be be a part of it. So, I'd like to move into our response time. Um, and I want you to do a couple of things. Um, one is, I want you to think about uh, the place in your life where you need God's peace. Um, it's really hard to give something that you don't have. And so, if we are to give peace, we are going to need to have peace. So I invite you to think about um, the places in your life that feel resistant to peace, whether it is a relationship, um, whether it is um, an area in our, in our society that you, where you feel like you can be an agent of peace, but you don't know what that looks like. Or even a place where you feel like God has really let you down, where it's not clear to you at this point what his rescue plan looks like. You're following the thread, and you're just not sure where it's all going. Um, So I want you to be thinking about those things. And then I'm going to ask you to do one other thing, Um, and we're going to pass some peace. Now, you don't have to touch anyone. You don't have to hug anyone. um, But I think passing the peace is a really important thing that we can do for each other. Um, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And when he was giving his disciples instructions about how to move through the world, he said, when you go to a place, let your peace rest there. And so, I'd like for us to practice that. I'd like for us to turn to your neighbor. We're going to get a little bit Pentecostal this morning, to turn to our neighbors and give them the most sincere peace be with you. And if we're brave in that moment, um, right, we can tell them where we're not feeling peace, right? Luckily, This morning we are are in a room filled with people who are priests in the kingdom of God and we have the authority just as Jesus did to step into chaos and say, peace be with you. And so that's what I'd like us to do um, after I pray. Should we have the, yeah. And you can also respond in any way that you would like. There are prayer rugs here for people who feel that they need to respond in some way with their bodies. The prayer team is going to come up and be available to pray with you. Um, and I'd also love to pray with you as well if that's something that you would, would want. Um, so let me, um, let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that you are a God of peace. I thank you that you sent our Prince of Peace to bring stillness and quiet and comfort to the chaos of our lives. Lord, I thank you that in your word it says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will become, for they will be called sons of God. So Lord, I thank you that we are all gathered here as your children today. And Lord, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to empower us to be priests in your kingdom. God, I pray that we would look at our neighbors and we would speak peace to them. God, I pray that we would look at the chaos around us uh, in, in the midst of what looks like a moment when the kingdom of darkness is succeeding. And God, I pray that we would step into that with your light and with your peace. God, I pray for anyone who is not experiencing your peace today. Lord, I pray that this would would be a new day for them. God, I pray that it would be um, a sign, a a moment in time where everything shifts, where, where things go from feeling out of control and chaotic, and they are brought to peace. Father, I thank you for this time. I ask that you would send your spirit now to lead us and to guide us and to bless us and to give us your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. So in three, two, one, we're gonna turn to our neighbors and we're gonna extend some peace. Are you with me? All right, three, two, one, peace be with you.